Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 89 in the book of Acts. There's a lot of noise in today's passage, but then there's this essential element, and I'm going to title this, The Lord Bore Witness. Those three words, the Lord Bore Witness, which I know is four words. Okay, so here's the here's the the picture. Is there's a lot of noise. The noise is travel and places and travail, which is the persecution that uh, the missionaries are encountering. The missionaries are Paul, who's called Paul now rather than Saul because he's going to Gentile lands, and uh, Barnabas. They've already been left by their uh, so-called assistant John Mark. Um, so they've had some personnel problems. They've had some uh, uh, persecutions in the sense that they were chased out of um, the place that they were at uh, at before. And they had to shake off the dust of their feet, and then they go to a new place, Iconium. Let me read the passage. This is from John chapter four. Or correction. E- Acts chapter 14, verse number 1. Now, at Iconium, so they're in central Turkey, they entered into a Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace. That's what I want to capitalize on today. Who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them. And they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, sons of Lyconia, and to the surrounding country. And there they continued to preach the gospel. So just a little uh, geography. They start in Pisidia, Antioch, and they go uh, about 100 miles to Iconium, which is called Konya, in, also in central Turkey. And uh, then they get chased out of there. He goes to Lister, which is maybe 22 another 22 miles away, and uh, Derby, which is maybe another 100 miles away. So there is some travel here today. So that's a little bit of noise. The second bit of noise is they're getting uh, persecution and the threat of persecution, uh, so much so that they leave Pisidia Antioch because of that persecution. They both attack their message as well as they attack the man. Remember, they started to attack uh, Paul, reviling him. So they make personal uh, attacks against him. And when they get to this place in Iconium, they uh, threaten to stone, which often and I think usually was fatal, and they threaten to mistreat them. So those are the bad things that are happening. I want you to think about this uh, from here on out now like a math equation. Now, at the far right of our math equation is you're trying to get believers. Uh, the end point of this math equation is to get the greatest number of believers. So we see that in, in verse number one, 
that all these things put together end up with a great number of both Jews and Greeks believing. So believers is the answer to the question. Um, Inputs on the left side of the equation are the Holy Spirit appointing. Remember, we talked about that election uh, uh, last time, that the Lord is having an activity and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. So there's this underlying uh, chosen from the foundation of, of the world. Then we have faithful people that are doing the job that God has asked them to do. Maybe a minus on the left side of the equation is this persecution, but sometimes persecution actually is a positive thing. Uh, We have uh, man's will, we have decisions, um, and we find people here um, in in, uh, Iconium they're there so long that people are divided. That people, every, it sounds like everybody gets to make a decision. And then the most critical element, and this is what I wanted to kind of land on today, was that the Lord is active here, that the Lord is bearing witness to this um, message. Obviously, the gospel is originally gave, given to us by the Lord and then by the Lord's example with Jesus. And isn't this the critical element? God is not dead. God is not silent. God is not inactive. And he is stretching out his hand. Uh, it, similarly, when uh, when Peter gave a presentation before the council, um, he says, do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord... Look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. So give us the grace to do our job. And then get this, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So there's kind of two parts of this. Give us the faithfulness to do do our job, but then stretch out your hand, confirm your message, accompany this earthly message with your witness. And that's uh, what I like to like about today's passage, what caught my eye. So they re, here's the passage. This is from 14.3. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, the human part, and then the God part, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders. Now, we don't get signs and wonders today, but I think the the essential element to preaching the gospel is the same. In a sense, it lets us off the hook. We're on the hook to to be faithful uh, witnesses and faithful, faithful livers and speakers of the gospel. But remember, there's this other side. There's this X factor, which is himself bearing witness to his gospel, and this is the unction of the Holy Spirit, is the spiritual word for it. It's the secret ingredient. It's the secret sauce. It's the hand of the Lord confirming the message. Lord, may that go out today with this message and all the messages that my brothers and sisters proclaim today. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow. May you bear witness on your side and let the Lord bear witness on his.